Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be running down our top tips for planning a trip or having a great trip at Walt Disney World. Awesome. And I feel like we we do these every now and again, you know, I think we've done one before, but I think that, you know, you grow, we've gone a few more times and I think that we have some more good tips for you. Yeah, It's always something that's good to revisit and it's always good to kind of bring up every now and then because there's always new people planning trips. As you said, things change, you know, how the Mm -hmm. parks are run, new technology comes in, you know, that people may not be aware of. So uh, it's always good to kind of bring this stuff up and, you know, as people that frequently go to the parks, I'd like to think we've picked up a thing or two. Um, so hopefully, I'd hope so. Yeah. So hopefully, otherwise, I don't know what we're doing. We're but, doing it wrong. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, you know, they're helpful for planning your next trip. So some of it's like pre-planning, but some of it is just you know when you're there too, just how to save some money, you know, how to have uh, a better trip while you're there. So, but before we get into that, as always, we're going to cover the Disney news of the week. First thing I want to start with is on the streaming front. So a week or two ago, it was announced that all of the Netflix Marvel shows, so this is Daredevil, Punisher, uh, all of those shows, they're coming off of Netflix and it was announced that they were going to go to Disney Plus in Canada. Right. And so I, I kind of thought, hey, maybe it's going to be Hulu here in the U.S., right. but they're actually going to be on Disney+. Plus. So starting March 16th, all of those Marvel Netflix shows are going to be on Disney+. Plus. And why I didn't think they were going to go to Disney+, Plus is because they've kept that family-friendly to yeah. date so far. It doesn't really fit with their current, what they're doing over on Disney+. Plus. And Hulu definitely has more kind of risque kind of stuff and since disney owns both it would make sense for them to put it over on hulu but they are going to be adding some parental controls to disney plus as well to protect your kids from watching yeah so so disney now with with this coming to disney plus in the u.s they are kind of following the international model where they have these parental controls so it's all on disney plus they have adult content and kids content but it is kind of divided so that way your kids you know don't stumble upon r-rated or or mature content so it seems like they're they're morphing this uh in the u.s to be like this so i think they're trying to keep all of marvel all of disney together on disney plus and then hulu will just become the things that or maybe you know 20th Century Fox Studios or stuff that's not like an existing Disney property to begin with. And then keeping with Disney Plus news, Disney also announced that at some point later this year, they're going to be releasing a ad-supported option for Disney Plus. So they have not released pricing, but it's going to be a cheaper option that you'll have to have ads. So a lot of streaming services do this where they have, you know, it's maybe $4.99 or something like that, but you have to watch ads. And then for you know, nine or $10, you don't have to watch any ads. So Disney announced this is going to be coming out. I think it's a way to get more subscribers, but I also think it's a way for them to raise the price of the non-ad supported option. So they can also kind of increase revenue as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they price this, Um, but this is coming out as well. So if you're somebody that's been waiting to get Disney plus because you don't want to pay, I think it's $9 now a month. They, They raised it from the initial uh, price when it first came out, uh, you know, this may be something for you where it's probably going to be priced somewhere around like that $5 range. Uh, you just have to watch some ads. And over at Disneyland Paris, character hugs are back. So, you know, I, I think that this definitely will add a, a level of magic back into the parks. And of course, we've seen that with Disneyland Paris, they seem to be starting things over there and then bringing them over into the American parks. So that is exciting because I think it foreshadows things kind of 
going a little bit more back to normal-ish. So, yay. Yeah, definitely. It, it, we've talked about this before that Disneyland Paris, they had parades first. They were kind of getting the, the new nighttime shows. So they, they do seem to be kind of the, the first park to get a lot of this stuff. Now, I will say over in Paris, you do have to yes. be vaccinated to visit um, and you do have to kind of provide support of that. So it's a little bit different than here in the U.S. parks. But I do think this is still a, a precursor that, you know, maybe not hugs, but kind of the socially distant uh, character meet and greets may slowly be lifting. I think what you'll first probably see it with is the costume characters, you know, probably right. not the face characters because there's definitely a higher risk there, but something like a character breakfast, you know, maybe they can come a little bit closer to your table. Maybe you could do a hug there, get a little bit closer. I think we may start to see that soon. Um, Cause again, yeah, Disneyland Paris does seem to be the precursor for a lot of this stuff. Also, Spaceship Earth has a new light treatment package for the International Flower and Garden Festival, and it's set to Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. This looks incredible, and if Disney does not immediately make me some merch where they get a ball, like one of those little crystal things, and they get the ball and they project the colors up into it, they're missing out because I want this on my desk at work. Yeah, Spaceship Earth definitely has been the one bright spot in terms of the whole 50th anniversary celebration. Literally, Yeah, the whole whole redo of that, the the new lighting package, that definitely has been something that people have talked about. I feel like even more so than like Harmonious, which is right Mm -hmm. there. I mean, I think seeing Spaceship Earth is more impressive than Harmonious lit up. And, you know, Disney did this at the Festival of the Arts. They had the Muppets Rainbow Connection. They had a special package for that. Now they're doing Colors of the Wind for Flower and Garden. So it seems like they realize people like this. And so let's change it up for each festival. Let's do something special to keep people coming back because it's super easy. They have Mm -hmm. all the lights on there. To program these lights to be a different color probably takes them no time at all. It's no money. They already own all the songs and it's a way to get people excited to come back, to come to the parks late. You know, you come late to see it, maybe go eat dinner or something. So I think this is great. I can't wait to see this when we go down for the flower and garden festival. Uh, And I'm really excited about this and I'm excited that they seem to be changing it so that, you know, this is something that will stay. Maybe we can get some holiday overlays and this kind of keeps coming back and evolving as time goes on. So yeah, I think this is great. I like your idea of kind of having uh, a spaceship earth that that lights up and you can kind of do the different colors with it that 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 would be a cool merch thing all right so moving into our main topic so these are our top 10 pro tips for your disney vacation starting off with our first tip and i think this is probably an important tip it's to have a plan you know everybody says that hey have a plan understand what you're doing but i will caveat this with saying you don't have to over plan. So I don't think you need a super specific or detailed plan. Like, you know, a lot of people say you have to know everything you're going to do every day. And I think a lot of people get caught up that I need to have now it's lightning lane. I need to have my ride reservations. I need to have my dining reservations. And then if you do that, you kind of get yourself boxed in and the trip maybe isn't as fun because you're so worried about, did I get to where I need to be at the right time that I get everything in place that you kind of lose some of that spontaneity and fun. So, you know, definitely the tip is you want to have a general idea of a plan. You want to know, Hey, what are the important rides you want to be at? What's the important, maybe merch you want to buy and kind of plan around that. Obviously you're not gonna be able to do everything, but understand, Hey, what are your must do's kind of a general plan about that. And then just provide some room for, you know, spontaneous things to happen. 
And if you real if you're new to going to Disney or you haven't been there a long time, check out our overrated and underrated episodes where we talk about some of the rides that we really think are you know, excellent. That would be a good one to check out to know, you know, what are the most popular rides or what are the rides that are really worth riding. Check that out if you don't have that that knowledge. But if you do, then yeah, just say like last time we went to the parks, we didn't we were we didn't really care if we rode Frozen Ever After. And when the ride the line got too long, we just decided that, you know, the eating in Epcot was more important than riding Frozen Ever After, so we just didn't ride it. Right. That was okay. Exactly. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. If you have a, a super detailed plan, you know, down to the minute and crowds aren't what you thought they were gonna be and a line's really long, it's gonna throw everything off and you're just gonna make yourself upset. So have a general idea what you want to do, but keep it flexible. The next tip is to save time when you're in the parks, try buying merch on your phone. So a lot of the big stores like the World of Disney store, the new store in Epcot, they now have mobile checkout. So this is the best thing. But it also feels like you are stealing. A little bit. Like 100%. You do have to kind of check out with somebody. But as you're going through the store and you're doing your shopping, if you have the My Disney Experience app, you can just scan the merchandise on your phone. You can pay for it. And then when you're leaving, they, you know, they have a you can skip the register. They have somebody at the door that you just kind of show them that you paid and you're on your way. And so they'll th- give you a bag too. Yeah, exactly. So this saves a ton of time. The other thing you can do is if you don't want to carry this merchandise around, a lot of the times when you're shopping, you can just buy it online and have it shipped to your house. So, you know, like let's say you know you're buying some merchandise and it's not necessarily clothes or something that you're gonna wear while you're on your trip but you really like it. A lot of times, again, when you're shopping on you know, your phone, you scan it, you can get to the Shop Disney uh, website through your phone and you can just purchase it and have it shipped to your house and then we don't have to worry about carrying it around. This is also a really important tip because, and it's not, for some reason, it, you know, it doesn't seem logical. Last time we, or one of the last times we were down in Disney, there was a decorative Mickey pumpkin head that was for a decoration for Halloween. I looked at it and I'm like, I want this, but it's not going to fit on our suitcase well. I'm afraid it gets broken. And Joe's just like, well, why don't we buy it on the, online and get it shipped home? And I really like wouldn't have thought of that. Like I would have thought, well, it's either I buy it here or I can't have it. I didn't really, because if it comes broken from Disney, they would replace it. So that's a really great tip, especially, yeah, even for those things that are breakable. Order them online and just get them shipped to your house. Yeah, and a lot of times on you know Shop Disney, you can get free shipping. Disney does have ship to home, so you know I did that when we bought our lightsaber and our droid uh, a few years ago when we were in Galaxy's Edge. Didn't want to take those on the plane, so we paid to have those uh, shipped to our house. Now you do have to pay for that, so that kind of stuff you necessarily can't buy on Shop Disney. But yeah, but something like that where it was decorations. We bought it on Shop Disney. We got free shipping, so we didn't even have to go through the the hassle of you know shipping to home or anything. And it works out a lot better. Um, but even if you do want to buy stuff, definitely try to use your phone and check out on your phone because especially at that World of Disney store down in Disney Springs, the lines get super long, and you don't want to be waiting them if you don't have to. Right. And another good tip is to order your food from Amazon and have it delivered to your room. So if you have a big family, you know, it can get really pricey trying to buy food in the parks. You say you're going to Magic Kingdom. I still I always say Magic Kingdom has a big vacuum of really great quick serve food and just good food in general. So 
plan ahead and then you can bring your own meals. You can bring anything into the park or you could just go back to your hotel room if it's a more complex meal that you want to eat, uh, eat there and then come back to the park. So that's a really great tip to take advantage of. It's a great money saver. Yes. Because, you know, as you know, I mean, Disney food is very expensive. And as you said, if you have, you know, a large family, it's going to get very expensive very quickly paying for all of those meals. But yeah, with, with Amazon and a lot of these other, you know, like Instacart and all these other, you know, grocery delivery apps, if you go to the hotels, you see tons of these bags coming in all the time because people, you go, you just kind of order your groceries for the week, you know, some sandwiches, snacks, whatever. You get it delivered, it's at your room, and then you have your food for the week. And obviously, maybe that's not going to be every meal. You know, maybe you want to do a nice sit down, you want to do a character breakfast, but it's a nice way to save money, especially when, you know, breakfast can be $10 a person now, or, you know, even these quick service meals are 10 to $15. That really adds up when you can, you know, kind of pre buy a lot of food for the week and really save yourself some money. And I just want to say one more time again, you know, for people who might be newbies, you can bring food and drink into the park. So if you have your own food that you need to eat, you can take that in. I, I think with bottles, it just needs to make, I think you have to make sure that they're not opened. Yeah. I'm not sure about uh, beverages. I would think you could, you would probably have to be sealed. I definitely know you can bring in empty water bottles and just ask for water when you're in the parks, but you can definitely bring in food. So you can bring in sandwiches, snacks, you can do all that sort of stuff. And I'm not 100% sure on beverages. I would think if they're sealed, you're probably okay. Um, But that might be iffy. Yeah. And just a couple quick things. Galaxy's Edge has a a nice water bottle filler in it. You know, like all of the, the water bottle fillers around all the parks because you're always looking for them like magic kingdom has none yeah magic kingdom doesn't have hollywood any. studios has a couple i think epcot does but yeah you're you're always looking for these water bottle fillers well yeah because i it is funny because i got used to carrying water with me everywhere and i realized oh i if i have water i'll drink it so um and then i end up being less miserable because i'm not like super hungry or anything so i think it's really important i always bring a lounge fly bag and i usually will i have enough room to keep one of my water bottles in it. Uh, bonus tip, any place that has like fountain soft drinks, you can walk up and just ask for water. So sure, you could go to the you know, water bottle filling stations or a water fountain, but you could also go to, you know, if you're at a restaurant, you can just ask for water at any time. They'll give it to you for free. You can fill up your water bottle. You can do any, any sort of thing there. You don't necessarily have to pay for bottled water or anything like that. All right. So our fourth tip is to make sure you understand the different transportation options that you have at your hotel. So obviously some hotels are on the monorail, some hotels are on the Skyliner, every hotel has buses, but make sure you understand all of those different options because it can really make a big difference if you can take the Skyliner as opposed to taking a bus or the monorail as opposed to taking a bus. Some hotels have water transportation as well. So understanding all those different options you have really comes in handy, especially first thing in the morning when everybody's trying to go or if you stay late and everybody's trying to leave the park at once, those buses can get pretty full. Also, another thing though is if you're staying at a place like Art of Animation or Pop Century that are near each other, it's very easy to walk from one to the other. So let's say you're waiting for a bus for uh, Art of Animation and Pop Century comes first. You can get on that bus and it's a pretty easy walk. If you don't mind walking, it's a pretty easy walk to walk over to Art of Animation. So kind of understand you know, if you're near other hotels that, again, if you don't mind walking, 
are, are close by that you can maybe take some other transportation options. I know we always do that when we stay at Pop Century or Art of Animation. You know, sometimes there's a, a long line for one bus and not a, a very long line for the other one. So we'll just take the other bus and walk or, you know, something like that. So make sure you, you know a few different options to kind of help yourself get around. Yeah, there's nothing really more miserable than at the end of the day. And then this is another bonus tip. Wear appropriate footwear. Really important. Um, flip-flops for me do not work. I cannot wear flip-flops in the park. My, they don't have enough support for my feet. By the end of the day, they end up burning. So wear appropriate footwear. But if you're tired and you want to get back to your hotel, there's nothing more miserable than standing in a big, long line. Yeah, again, if you know, okay, well, look, our, the bus is crazy, but we could have taken, we could take the... Uh, Skyliner instead. It's sometimes worth it just to be moving instead of standing in line because you're at least sitting for the the majority of the time when you're on the Skyliner. Another really important tip is take advantage of early park hours or extra evening hours. Joe and I do this almost every single time. We are up and early and basically rope dropping as much as we can because we've found so much that, you know, people don't want to get up or people are just getting up when the parks are opening. So the crowds are so much lighter and you can get on the majority of the rides that you want to ride and almost ride all of those within that first hour. So then it really relieves the pressure on the rest of your day because you're not trying to cram in so much stuff. Now you can go back and, you know, say, you waited 10 minutes for Haunted Mansion. If you want to ride Haunted Mansion again, sure, you can wait the 40, 50 plus time uh, later in the day, but at least you've already ridden it once. And so if if you have to get out of line, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And this kind of rolls into our next tip. And that is that it sometimes pays to go against the crowd, especially in the early morning hours, because typically everybody there, like let's say Magic Kingdom, everybody's running to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. So even if you're early and you go to that, there's still going to be a decent wait at that attraction because everybody's going there. But because everybody's going there, there's nobody at Peter Pan, which can get a really long line later in the day, or Small World or Haunted Mansion. Uh, and to your point, you know, we've gone where we've you know, started in Adventureland or Fantasyland, and we've ridden four or five rides before the park technically opens you know, in that extra half an hour, 45 minutes uh, for the early morning because there's no lines. You can walk on Pirates of the Caribbean and yeah. then go over to Big Thunder Mountain, yeah. and you can hit four or five rides, and then that way later in the day, sure, Seven Dwarfs may have still an hour, an hour and a half line, but you've gotten everything else done, and the line's really not that much longer than the first thing in the morning. I mean, you know, Seven Dwarfs fills up pretty quick that, you know, if you're not like the first one in, you're probably still waiting a half an hour, 45 minutes, but you're saving yourself because you got five rides in already. Right. And another thing that's kind of important with this is kind of know where the rides are located. You know, whenever you go into Magic Kingdom, if you go in early in Magic Kingdom, a lot of the top tier uh, attractions are actually really close to each other. So Pirates of the Caribbean is pretty close to, to It's a Small World, which is pretty close to Haunted Mansion, which is close to Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and Jungle Cruise. We rode all of those in an hour in uh, the last time we went. So that is a really great tip. And also, uh, we've done the opposite too. We've we've gone straight over. The last time we were there, we went to Pandora first and we went to ride Flight of Passage and we waited like an hour and a half, two hours. And we wasted all of that good time where we could have been riding other things because we tried to go to the attraction everybody else wanted to go to first. So just be careful. If you're not at the front of the line, it's not worth the wait. 
Yeah, I definitely would say, you know, Magic Kingdom, uh, a good early morning plan is, especially if you want to ride, again, a lot of those classic Fantasyland and Adventureland attractions, it's almost start with Peter Pan because that fills up quickly just because that's, I think, a low capacity ride. So, I mean, that can go from five minutes to an hour very quickly. (laughs) Ride that first. You can hit It's a Small World. It's right across from that one. Haunted Mansion, kind of work your way around. You could do Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and Jungle Cruise, you could basically, to your point, probably go through all of those uh, within the first hour and hour, not and yeah, and, and not wait more than you know 15 or 20 minutes. Maybe by the time mm-hmm. you get to Jungle Cruise or Pirates, you're, you're hitting some crowds, but again, it's not going to be what it's like later in the day. And again, probably by the time you do all that, Peter Pan's probably an hour. Yep. And I don't know why you'd want to wait an hour for Peter Pan. It's it's great if it's five or 10 minutes, but you know if it's over 45 minutes an hour, that's a pretty long wait for that. So yeah, that's what I would almost recommend doing that. And then if you want to ride something like Space Mountain, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, where the lines do get long, wait till later in the day. Because again, it, if it gets in the middle of the day, it's when it's most crowded. So take advantage, especially if there's you know late hours, it kind of dies down again later in the day where you can maybe get on and it's only, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes. So yeah, definitely take advantage of the early morning and the evening uh, hours. And sometimes it it does pay to go against the crowd. So our next tip is uh, kind of another money saving tip around food. So if you are buying meals in the parks, remember kids meals aren't just for kids. (laughs) So Angela, I know you use this a lot where you'll order a kid's meal and it's actually nice because it's cheaper but you also get like a drink and a snack included. Like you sometimes get more food for your money by ordering the kids meal versus just the regular, you know, quick service meal. Yeah. Um, I've done this a couple times, especially I get this a lot of times at the hotels. So with breakfast, you know, a lot of times the breakfast comes with, you know, if you get an adult breakfast, it's like you get bacon, you get eggs and you might get waffles like, but that was too much food for me. Plus I don't really necessarily want the bacon. Um, I just give it to Joe. So instead, I will get a kid's meal. And a lot of times, they'll let me switch stuff out. I get yogurt with it instead. Yeah, I get a, a chocolate milk. Yeah, you get a milk. Yeah, you get a ton of stuff. So I can with get it. on my hydration early in the morning. And, and you know, and then it's kind of, it's just nice. I, I don't, we don't really, I don't order them a lot in the parks, but you could if you wanted to. And I think that it's been a really good way for me to get around you know, some of the, I don't really want all of that food or I know I'm going to have a big lunch. So maybe I don't eat all of that food. I just want a couple waffles and I want some eggs and that's it. It's a good point specifically for breakfast too, because I almost feel like they are healthier to an extent because you get like apple slices with them. You get a yeah. milk, you know, you get, yes. you get eggs. And that's waffle. part of the reason why I do that too. Right. Versus, yeah, if you're getting like an adult meal it's like potatoes and bacon and waffles and you don't get a drink. You don't get any sort of like fruit or anything with that unless you would substitute that out. So uh, it is a good way. So basically just know, you know, Disney will sell it to you just because it says it's for kids. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to be a child to order it. Right. And I think that, I mean, that's important too, because I know that especially since I've become an adult, I've realized that if I eat a lot of junk, I feel like junk. So whenever I I want to start the day off at least with something that has some nutritional value so that as the day goes on, I'm not like, well, all I had to eat today was 17 Mickey bars and then I feel like I'm going to throw up in a trash can somewhere. I don't know about that. I will say (laughs) 17 Mickey bars sounds like a pretty great day for me at a Disney park. I I I mean, it sounds great, but I don't think you'd feel great. You know, the the main food groups at Disney are just Mickey-shaped food. It's, It's Mickey waffles, Mickey bars, Mickey pretzels. So, I mean... 
<laughs> that's that's my food groups when I'm you going. Forgot, so. But I mean Dole Whip though. Dole Whip I think. I'm, no, I'm talking Mickey shaped. You just, yeah, you got to eat your but, Mickey yeah, shaped food it, groups. Would it be like the '90s food pyramid where you have like the top and that would be like the Dole Whip all by itself? Sure. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Our next tip is to stay an extra day and or build in some downtime. And I think this is a you know if you have the ability to do this, this is a really great tip because again you don't feel as pressured to get things done. If like we were just talking about how in whenever you go to the parks in the middle of the day, it gets really busy. And I was actually going to say there, you could just leave and go to Disney Springs. But if you're trying to, you know, cram in a lot, you don't want to leave the parks ever. You want to stay there and get your money's worth. But if you plan in that extra day during that busy time, during that high time, you can leave, go swim at the pool or go to Disney Springs or whatever and do something else or go play mini golf. And then when the crowds start to die down again, come back to the park, you know, go to your nighttime show and, you know, hit a few more rides up again. So that's a really great tip to just be able to keep your trip calm because I know a lot of people their issue with Disney is oh it's too go 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 and if you build in a little extra time it doesn't have to be like that yeah and this kind of links back to what we started with of you know have a plan but don't over plan Mm -hmm. you know don't stress yourself out over this and building in an extra day where you don't go to the parks where you just sit by the pool is a great almost like palate cleanser because you're going to be walking like 10 miles a day you know, depending on when you're going, it's hot in Florida. Basically, it's hot in Florida all the time. So, <laughs> you know, and if you're going with kids or, you know, even if you're going by yourself, like it can be a lot trying to do all this stuff and trying to feel like you have to do everything. And like you said, you have to be go, go, go. So if you build in some of that downtime, it's going to be a nice refresher and it's going to provide you a little bit of time just to sit back and relax and kind of regroup on things. And it is going to make your experience more enjoyable because if you're just so stressed the whole time you're there, you're going to come back and feel like I need a vacation for my vacation (laughs) because I was so worried about everything. But if you kind of do take some time to relax, it will help you and have a more enjoyable experience. And it is something we've tried to do on you know our last few trips where we try to go a little bit slower. We, we try to not try to do everything every day, all the time, but just to, you know, just maybe walk around and just explore Epcot. It doesn't have to constantly be, you know, jumping from one attraction to another, or one restaurant to another. And I think that that, I mean, for at least for me, that it has been one positive outcome of the pandemic is I've had to slow down so much that it actually has made me appreciate slowing down and recognizing if I'm just go, 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 go all the time, I don't appreciate everything. And nobody really can because you're just jumping from one thing to the next. You're not giving yourself time to think and process. So if you say, well, these are my must do's, I'm going to do that. And then, you know, these are great added bonuses and I'm just going to enjoy myself. I th- that really helps to alleviate that pressure and helps with the gratitude of just, hey, I'm here in this wonderful place and I get to be here and I get to enjoy this. And I think that that really just makes it all the better. Our next tip is to plan for your must-do restaurants later in your trip um, because you're going to have a better chance of actually getting a reservation. Joe can probably explain the reservation system better than I can because he's the one that makes all our reservations for you. But basically, it boils down to at the beginning of your trip, other people have been able to make reservations for a while. So a lot of the restaurants that are popular that you might want to go to, are they have their reservations booked up, whereas later in your trip, people haven't had a chance to you know, book those reservations so they're usually more open. 
yeah, that that's a good overview, and this definitely works better if you're going for longer periods of time. Because as you kind of mentioned, how it works is you can make dining reservations 60 days before your trip starts. But if you're going for a week, the 60 days before your first day, you can make dining reservations for your entire trip. So even though that last day is actually 67 days you know, away, you can still make a reservation. So as you mentioned, because of that, your first few days of your trip are probably overlapping with people that had trips earlier in the week. And so they were able to make reservations four or five days earlier. And so with especially the popular restaurants, they're going to be booked sooner. So if you're going for five or six or even seven days, those you know sixth and seventh day, there's probably not as many people that have had the chance to even make reservations yet. So it's going to be a lot easier to get the restaurants you want later in your trip. This is also another reason why it is sometimes good to build in an extra day in your trip where you're maybe not going to the parks because then that extends your trip out an extra day, which then makes it easier to get those dining reservations on those later days because again you're there longer and you can you know almost get a little bit of an advantage from other people trying to make dining reservations so think about your must do's not saying you you know you can't get them earlier but almost it, it makes sense whenever you're you know whenever your 60 days start and you have your dining reservations i almost like to start on the last day of the trip and kind of work backwards because again, you have a much higher chance of getting the, the reservations you want later. Uh, and that as opposed to earlier, so kind of get your must do's in and then, you know, on the earlier days uh, of your trip, you know, try some of the other reservations because you can always make a reservation and cancel it too. So if you're newer to Disney and you're not really aware of all of the food that's available, it's not just quick service. There are a lot of really great, sit-down restaurants that have excellent food. We just did a, an episode about a month ago ranking the different restaurants and um, you know some of the food items that you can get at them and t- talk about that. So if you want to listen to that, you can. Or you can go online and just research some of the popular restaurants that people really give good reviews to. But keep in mind, if people really like those restaurants, it is harder to get reservations there. So again, as Joe was saying, if they're very popular restaurants, definitely try to look to the end of your trip. Make sure you book those first, and then you can work your way towards the beginning of your trip. Yeah, and I will say kind of a bonus tip with this is if you're going with a large group of people, try to break your group down if possible into smaller groups. Mm -hmm. So it's much easier to get a, a reservation for a group of two than it is for a group of five, you know, right. or even, you know, even probably four than it is for six or seven. So, you know, if you do have a large group, but you can break it down, you know, into groups of two to three people, you're going to have a much easier time getting reservations for smaller groups. A lot of times people want to eat together. You can usually find times around the same time, you know, even if, if it's like, hey, we don't have to eat together and we're, we're kind of fine just completely splitting it, that's also going to help even more where, you know, if you have, you know, two groups of, of three and you don't mind if you're not eating at the same time, it's going to be much easier to get reservations than probably one group of six altogether. Yeah. So uh, that's just something else to keep in mind. And our last tip, uh, and this is something just kind of like a reminder for people and just kind of putting you in the right headspace to have a great Disney trip. It's that to have a purpose, what you want to accomplish, you know, have your two or three things you want to do, and then focus on what you got to do instead of what you didn't get to do. Because Disney is built so that you cannot do everything. Right. They want to they want you to keep coming back. They want you to feel like you missed out on something, so you have to go back. 
but it also creates a lot of like FOMO of, yeah. oh, I didn't get to do this or that. And people look at the negative and then they're like, I didn't have a great trip because I missed this or I missed that. I didn't get to ride this. I didn't get to eat there. And the whole theme park is built for you to feel like that. So try to reframe it and say, hey, I wanted to ride Rise of the Resistance and I wanted to eat at La Cellier and I wanted to see Fantasmic. And I did all three of those things and it was great. And, and on top of that, I got to do all of this other fun stuff and don't look at, well, I didn't get to ride Jungle Cruise or I didn't get on Peter yeah. Pan because then you're just going to start feeling negative about it. And you're going to have like, a bad view of your trip when you really got to do a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Really good life advice there. You're like a guru over there, like giving, giving some great advice about life and how to focus on the positive. And it is true though, you know, I'm a Disney trip guru. (laughs) That actually would be, I'm sure that one of those already exists, but that would be a great handle of some sort. But yeah, I mean, just focus on the things that you were able to do. And again, um, sometimes things happen and say rise of the resistance goes down and, and you can't ride it. I mean, it does happen and it really stinks. Uh, when we went to flew to Japan, we could not ride Sinbad, which is one of the rides that everyone really loved. But we got to do so many things that were wonderful. And it's kind of like, well, if you focus on the one thing you couldn't do, that just kind of spoils the whole thing. So yeah, it, there's there's plenty of things to do in Disney. A lot of it's a lot of fun. And if you have a good attitude about it, you're going to have a great time. I mean, they make it also, they don't, they design it so that you can't do everything, but they also design it so you have a good time and you want to come back. Exactly. Yeah. If, if you focus on what you got to do and you focus on, again, a couple must do's, you're going to be able to do those and you're going to have fun. Exactly. Like you said, there's so much to do. You're going to have a good time no matter what. But if you focus on all the stuff you missed, because there's going to be a ton of stuff you missed. And again, there's going to be a new ride the second you leave. We, I mean, that, that happens <laughs> to us all the time. We plan trips and then it gets announced, oh, the new attraction they've been building for three years is opening two weeks after you went. And it's like, if we looked at it as like, oh man, we just missed it. That was terrible. I would have loved to ride the new ride. Yeah, you're going to have a bad trip. But it's like, hey, look at all the fun stuff we got to do. We'll get that next time we go. And, you know, and I I obviously understand, uh, you know, a lot of people don't go as frequently as we go. But, you know, again, don't look at it as, oh, I just missed the new attraction. Because even if you go every decade, you know, you'll get to ride it at some point. So don't look at the negative. Look at all the awesome rides you do get to ride. You can look at it like this. By the time you get to go again... That ride won't be the new ride anymore, and you won't have to wait very long for it. That's a good point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait. Don't. You don't want to be the first one on it, anyways, because the line's going to be too. Listen. Long. Don't get in line for that Figment popcorn bucket. It, it. They'll just get another shipment in, and and you'll be able to get it later for you know way less of a line. All right. So that wraps up the show for this week. Let us know what your favorite trip planning tip is, or your or your favorite tip to save time or money in the parks. Over on our Facebook page, we're Enchanted Ears over there. Also, if you haven't, check us out over on YouTube. We're Enchanted Ears on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed over there for all of our videos coming out this year. I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for letting us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.